everybody. Welcome to the fifth episode of the 9010 podcast. My name is Brian Sumner. As always, I'm joined by Matt Walker here on the East Coast today. Give you uh, an idea of what's going on. It's sunny. Temperatures are comfortable in the low to mid 80s. Beautiful day. Matt's making all sorts of racket out there in his studio space. I guess he dropped his phone, but how you doing, Matt? Pretty good. It's uh, actually kind of kind of chilly in here. Um, sixty five degrees, low humidity. Woke up. It was about fifty two, I think, when I woke up. So there's a nice breeze coming in the house. Uh, we got a high of seventy seven today, so it should be a good day. Nice and sunny. Sounds like it. So to bring everybody up to speed with the podcast, we've completed four episodes. Some of them have been longer than others. Some of them have been shorter in a recap if we've got time constraints. So we're kind of changing some things the way we operate. Just for transparency, I want to give everybody a little insight. So the last few episodes, we wanted to edit things and make them sound real flashy. And it's been taking some time and the information that we try to bring to the podcast is somewhat time sensitive. So we've decided to go away from spending a lot of time in editing and spend more time getting it to you faster. So the information is relevant. So that's what you'll hear today. Today's the 12th. We hope to have it up today uh, versus having it up on Saturday or Sunday and with the longer ones, obviously, the information was coming a little bit way too late. So we're cutting that short. And then maybe in the future, in the next couple of weeks, we may be switching to instead of one podcast week, giving you two episodes. So you'd have a preview and then a recap. But we just got to figure out how things work. We're working on two different schedules. I'm open right now as I am now on my first full week of vacation. I've got two more to go. Matt's still working full-time. His schedule can be a little challenging, and he has the software and the know-how to get it done. So just wanted to bring everybody up to speed on uh, what we're doing to make things better and easier for the listeners, which we want it to be uh, fun for everybody. And I think doing the raw, and Matt, you can either throw your two cents in on this, but I think doing it raw gives you that more, I guess, feel, the the, the the feel of what we were trying to do with that backyard around the grill, hanging out in the garage, watching football talk versus something that's been edited and I guess put together more like a professional podcast. We want it to be more of just you listening into our conversation. So I think that helps. We will try and cut down on some of the tomfoolery as you're not here for that. You're here for the sports talk and you're here to uh, pick our brain, I guess. So Matt, let's get right into it. With that said, last week, first week of NFL, how did you like it? I think it was great. Um, a couple of games that kind of definitely stuck out to me, which probably stuck out to everybody. Um, we chit chat a little bit about the, the Packers bears games already how, you know, I picked the bears going into it. I didn't expect to see Trubisky and the offense just f completely fall apart. 
but uh, that's what we saw. So that was Thursday night. Uh, a couple other games that we can, I'll run them down and we'll just go back and chat about them. Of course, we got to talk about the Eagles. Um, I was in church at 11 a.m. when the game started at 1 p.m. Eastern, and I started to get texts from Redskins fans early. 17 nothing. Hey, you all right there? Hey, you see that? What are y'all going to do this year? But what happened in the end, Brian? Deshaun Jackson really opened up the offense. It made everybody realize, hey, we have to cover Deshaun Jackson, which then opened up Alshon Jeffrey and some other players in, in the offense. I was, I was intrigued, and I still have no idea what Doug Peterson's doing there with the run game. I, do you have any take on why there was so much Darren Sproles? Was it because he wanted to save – Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders for a bigger matchup, or do you think that he just went with the hot hand? And when when the water bug came out, he was shifty, just like he was a young, spry running back. What do you what do you think about that? Well, you know, the first half, the Redskins defense showed up. They were you know stopping them on third down, and obviously the Eagles couldn't get anything going. But I think once they they got that first initial touchdown with, uh, you know, Deshaun Jackson. That was kind of the spark. It was kind of like the, hey, y'all have been talking trash. Carson still had he's got it. Uh, somebody made a great point on ESPN. Carson didn't see any preseason. So no, he didn't. It's kind of natural for him to get a slow start in the first game. He didn't see he didn't play any preseason. Yeah, he has practice and all this and that, but real game time scenario. He didn't have any of that. So maybe his first half was his preseason. He, he had to get a feel for the offense. He had to get a feel for the defense. You know, he wasn't playing the last season. He didn't play the whole season. He's he just kind of getting it back together. So as far as Sproles, I mean, Sproles still has it. He's, he's still great. Um, I think maybe, I don't know if they're necessarily saving, but when you have a, a running back field that deep, I think it's good to mix it around. You know, there's not right now, there's not one solid number one running back. Uh, I was even looking at Corey Clement in one of my leagues. It said until the Eagles really figure out what they're going to do at running back, he's not a good pick pickup, even for your flex or, you know, a bye week fill in. Matt, it, he's not there a whole lot yet. I want to chime in here. I think that. Since the beginning of Doug Peterson's tenure, picking a running back from the Eagles for your fantasy team, unless you're a homer like myself, is probably a bad idea. He has done the running back by committee for a long time, uh, and I think that it works. Obviously, we won a Super Bowl with running back by committee. We had LeGarrette Blunt. He was your short yardage back. I think that's what we will soon see out of Jordan Howard. If you watch the game, Jordan Howard was picking up yards, clip, 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 clip. I mean, it was five yards, seven yards, six yards. It was incredible to see. And then all of a sudden they would go right back to Darren Sproles. And the only time that I thought it was a bad choice was when they did that pitch to the right and we lost yardage. 
for a turnover on downs, which that goes back to Doug Peterson's aggressive play calling, going for it on fourth down in your own territory sometimes. And that's, that's something that's going to be hard to do, uh, hard to defend rather against the Eagles, because now it's on film that Deshaun Jackson has the speed. He can, he can break away from the defense. So, your safeties are going to be freed up. And then what do you have? If you run a two tight end set with, let's say, Aguilar in the slot and Deshaun Jackson uh, on the outside, and you send Deshaun on a hook or a, a fade route down the field, the safeties are going to go there. You do either Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz is going to, is going to pick up a block there, and then you can throw something in the flat right in front underneath the defense and pick up that seven yards. So – I like the offense so far. I don't think that we will see a clear-cut bell cow running back out of the Eagles this year. I just I, I, I got to see more, and we were only through week one, and it was impressive how he, he balanced it all out and made it happen. And you even saw some plays with Corey Clement, and he was one of the studs in the Super Bowl. So I see him getting his fair share of touches this year as well. So, But uh, we that's – our Eagles talk, I think, for the week. Matt, you got anything else you want to point out? I, you know, we, again, we don't want to be homers for the Eagles. We're excited for the Eagles win, but uh, I don't want to. I don't want to focus too much on that. Well, just anything? one one thing. Looking at the stats, uh, there's only one rushing touchdown the Eagles had last week, and it was Alshon Jeffrey. So, just goes to show you that there's no set no set running back. If Alshon got the only touchdown, which it was a little pitch to the right. He just walked in. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go uh, with the running back position moving forward. Absolutely. So, another game that we had talked about and we were looking forward to, especially with uh, Dan being on last week, the Dolphins game. Woo! Hmm. Woo! That's uh, – Smoked. It looked like a Louisville, Louisville game. Lamar Jackson had the Louisville – jersey back on when they used to blow people out left and right it was completely unexpected and it was over in the first quarter they scored uh, baltimore scored 42 points in the first half so it was just it was ugly i don't want to say that they're tanking they're not going to admit that they're tanking the verbiage that they're using is building for the future what does that sound like to me that sounds like they're tanking Uh, but they've got the patriots this week and we'll get into more of that when we when we look into week two's matchups. But uh, definitely, it's it, it's not good in in Miami. I, I can I can see that. And and we've the Eagles have acquired a defensive tackle with the loss of Malik Jackson. So uh, we required acquired him from the Dolphins. So that that's interesting. It was a he went. He got a paycheck, essentially, in more ways than one. Coming to the Eagles, he was on the thirty-two, the number thirty-two ranked team in the NFL, and he moved up to who some people in in sports media have at number three. The Eagles, Stephen A. Smith ranked him at number three. I still need to. I've seen three and five. I, I like five better than three right now. I need we just to have such a small sample size. Yeah. So I, we gotta we gotta see some other things there. Falcons. And Vikings was a game that I was on the fence about. Uh, Vikings ended up winning that 28 to 12. Uh, the 
the Falcons, as far as uh, offense, they collectively had uh, 31 and 24. That's 55 and then another 19. Uh, so they had less than 80 yards of rushing offense, which normally you don't see that out of Atlanta. Normally they're, they're a pretty good rushing team. And then your leading receiver on the Falcons was uh, Hooper. At, yeah. Um, nine targets, nine receptions, 77 yards. No touchdown there. Calvin Ridley. Six targets, four receptions, 64 yards, a single touchdown. And then Julio Jones, he had six receptions, 31 yards, and a touchdown. So kind of a lackluster performance out of the offense from Atlanta. And you would think that they would they would be a contender knowing that they've got to tackle the Saints twice. Uh, they got to go up against them twice this year. And then Minnesota, with the way that uh, both the Bears – and the Packers played, it looks like Minnesota is the clear favorite in that division. And I didn't want it to be that way. The, the Vikings, to me, with Kirk Cousins at the helm, to me, they just don't seem like they're – he's a stat guy. Kirk Cousins, to me, is a stat guy. He's not a transcendent talent for the Vikings. And so I just see him just as a fantasy football guy. I don't. I just don't see him winning the big game, winning the crucial games that are going to get you and propel you into the playoffs. You, you got anything you want to touch on with the Vikings or the Falcons? Uh, no, no. Well, I had picked Kirk Cousins to throw the most picks last week, which I ended up being wrong. Real, real quickly. Now Trubisky had three, <laughs> but I think somebody had more. I think somebody. No, Baker, Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, and Trubisky all had three each. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have a whole lot on that game. I definitely expected the Falcons to come out and do something more than that. Uh, Matt Ryan is usually pretty consistent. He's got Julio Jones. He's got a lot of weapons. Uh, I, I would expect it a little bit closer than 28-12, uh, 28-23 or something. So it's kind of – that was surprising to see that. I'll tell you one game that probably no one saw – happening like this chargers colts game mm-hmm. you, got, you got the colts suddenly starting jacoby Brissett. you know he's got to get in his head hey i'm the starting qb now andrew luck's gone uh philip rivers consistent uh he's got a lot of weapons to use and that game it, it literally came down to the last second it was in overtime what i tell you Death taxes and Philip Rivers having to go the length of the field. Hundred percent, and that's why I'm hoping maybe the they talk about the Chargers from week one, not week twelve, and all of a sudden, oh, oh yeah, they are in the playoffs. They're on the wild card. He he's consistent. I mean, look at his fantasy stats. He's consistent. He's going to get you twenty five, thirty points every week. But uh, is he going to win the game? You don't maybe. know. You can't yeah, trust them. You can't trust them to win the game if if that's what happens. It's almost like they took their foot off the gas because they had the game handily early. Oh yeah, and, and, and I don't know if it was the defense that that messed them up, but once you stepped into the third quarter and things changed, and Indianapolis was able to put some points up on the board, you know, I got nervous. I had them, uh, and I I was really looking for them to to come out strong. And then I'm sitting here watching an overtime game. Uh, they got it done. Uh, it wasn't pretty. Uh, but back to just a uh, 
a quick point. It's funny that the Falcons and Vikings finished up that way. That's a, that, that could potentially be a uh, tiebreaker. And the Falcons needed that as a tiebreaker because it is a conference game. But moving forward out of the Colts and Chargers, another game to me that uh, was surprising the way that it turned out was that Pat Steelers game. Come on. Come on. That's embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And and it shows right there what Roethlisberger can do without his his star weapons. They got rid of Bell. They got rid of Brown. And he falls flat on his face. And that, that's exactly the way the offense performed was flat. There was no flash. Roethlisberger put it all on his shoulders. And that's, that's all good and well. But you got to compete. And I heard all over ESPN and, and looking on Facebook at, at NBC Sports and all the little reports that they send out and the tweets is the champs showed you why they were champs. No, I, I don't like that game to judge that. I don't think that the Patriots are going to be that dominant, especially now, again, Antonio Brown in the headlines with what's going on. I think it's absolutely asinine that they're letting him practice, but they're – they are abiding by the league's rules. The league's rules, they haven't made a decision. I think ultimately they will put him on the exempt list as this whole thing shakes out with him. And uh, what a joke. What a clown. This was it, – it is – it's an absolute travesty what has happened to his career. But the guy's a joke. And I'm sick of talking about him, to be honest with you. Like, But it's, it's – is it surprising that it happened? Yes. Is it surprising that this is happening with Antonio Brown? No, because of what we've seen out of him so far. Some people are saying that the whole thing, the whole tenure with Oakland was a setup and a joke. And here he is. He's with the Patriots, and the Patriots are going to try and find a way to get him on the field. But they won without him in ridiculous fashion. So they can show you right there – we don't need the player. It is the system. We can win without him. We can win with him, certainly. Even if he, but he has to adopt the Patriots' way. He has to be okay with not being the number one wide receiver. He has to be okay with getting two touches for 23 yards and accepting the win. And I think that's going to be hard for him, even it, it, and that's if he plays at all. Yeah, I agree. I'm definitely sick of talking about him, though. But we will continue if he remains in the headlines. You know what I mean? It's, it's this is a reaction show, so we're gonna gonna give our two cents. Yeah, let's let's go into that game. Texan Saints, man, that was. I'm at work, and I got the I got my phone set up while I'm doing some closing stuff. I look down, you know, Saints are winning it. Not even really paying much attention because Saints went down, scored, and that was it. Was it 55 seconds? So then I'm looking at fantasy because I got Drew Brees and I'm down by like three points. So I'm like, well, I guess that's it. They won the game and that's it. So I look again. Valiant effort, valiant effort by Watson. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, length of the field, what, two plays? Yeah. Touchdown. So I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe I'll get my fantasy points I need. So then here comes Drew Brees again. Down the field, and then Lutz with the game-winning field goal. I did lose by point three, 
Um, thanks, Drew Brees, for that. The interception probably what killed me. You did okay uh, against me in fantasy. Oh, so. well, yeah, that crushed you. I'm having but, yeah. quarterback issues, man. I, I got stuck with Andrew Luck. So I said, all right, well, I'll pick up Nick Foles. Nick Foles breaks a clavicle. Now I was saying, hey, I'll start – uh, Sam Darden, Sam Darnold. Nope. He's oh, out with mono. I can't, I can't keep a quarterback in a league that was auto drafted. It's terrible. Frank Jones, he laid the curse down on me when he said that there's no way that you can build a successful team being a fantasy guru in an auto draft league. And he's, he's doing well, but I'm not. And then the other game on Sunday, uh, excuse me, Monday night, uh, was, Somewhat interesting. You didn't really know what was going to go on. The, not expecting a lot to come out of the Denver team. And then, of course, with Oakland not having the Browns, you don't expect uh, the Browns. Uh, <laughs> Oakland not having Brown, uh, you don't expect them to do much, and they ended up winning. So good for them. They, they show, of course, he, how much did he really practice because of the whole helmet thing. And I then know. I mean, the expectation was there from the beginning when Brown first – announced he was going to the Raiders mm-hmm. but at, week after week after this nonsense has played out I don't think any Raiders fans were really expecting him to ever touch the field and not even considering leaving the team but when he was dealing with all the issues with the GM and stuff so and, and like you said we didn't even see him play any preseason we didn't even no one got any kind of hype to see him take a, a Derek Carr catch to the end zone so it it really didn't matter in the end. They won. Had they lost, I think the tone would be different. Uh, we, you know, had we had Antonio Brown, we would have won that game. This, this, and that. But they won. I think they're over it now. I mean, did you? They were yelling some very nice things about Antonio Brown during the game. <laughs> I mean, it is Oakland. Uh, don't make them mad because you will never hear the end of it. So, I think they're over it. They're going to be fine. Hunter Renfro did his thing. You see a couple other guys moving up. They lost the safety for the rest of the season. Rookie, but now they'll be all right. I mean, they had a yeah. They don't need Brown. And to touch on that, I think that's exactly where Tom Brady's comments are coming from. You know, he said, "I'm not, I'm not buying into any of the hype about Antonio Brown. I'm here to win football games." And then next thing you know, Brown is being brought up on these uh, civil uh allegations so it's a good thing that tom brady for his sake doesn't buy into hype might not have him so tonight buccaneers at panthers panthers are a seven point favorite i think it's really high judging uh on last week's panthers performance again another lackluster he christian mccaffrey showed to be a stud but this, I think, is a bigger test for the uh, for Jameis Winston than it is the Panthers. However, one thing you don't want to do in the NFL is start 0-2 at home. And so if the Buccaneers were to somehow pull this out, you, you got to think that there are some eyebrows being raised in Carolina about their offense, about the team, about the playmakers. Can we get it done? You know, all of those things. I mean, Cam Newton dresses kind of awkwardly, and I guess it's fashion, but he doesn't play fashionably on the field sometimes. And hopefully we see a glimmer of hope for the Panthers because we need somebody to slow the Saints down. They definitely got a a couple of good matchups. Uh, That one, 
you know, that's like a a must win for the Panthers. But at the same time, it's a must win for the Bucks, who lost at home to the 49ers. So it should be a good matchup tonight. Also, a couple other games here. Um, Cowboys Redskins, obviously always a good one, good rival. Mm-hmm. Um, Cowboys, Cowboys were, blow them out. Well, they were dominant last week, but they also played the Giants. And the Giants came out all, off the bat showing you they're terrible. Barkley did his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli was able to get a few throws in here and there that you know didn't look too bad. But you can't get a slow start on a team that's going to just start scoring in the first quarter. Um, no, and, and hopefully we see the same defense from the Redskins show up in the first half of this game that, that showed up in the first half of last game. Now they lost jo- – um, who's the defensive guy, the player that they lost early? Allen? Is his name Allen? I'm sorry. But uh, – but, Hopefully, for the Redskins, I hope they play it close. And for the Eagles, I hope they play it close because really they're, the Cowboys are the only contender outside of the Eagles to take the East. And, and I'd really like to take the division to lock in to, to clinch our spot. Let me see if I can pull this up. What else you got? Uh, we got Vikings, Packers. Uh, we saw Vikings were dominant. Packers are at home. Packers, it wasn't that great of a game as far as offense on either side of that Bears and Packers game, but it's a division game. Both teams have shown they can come out and their defense can work and they can win a game. So that'll be interesting to see who who wants it more, really. I mean, both teams are doing pretty good. And then, uh, of course, I got to talk Eagles-Falcons Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about the Falcons and how they just didn't really live up to any of the. I wouldn't say there was a whole lot of hype on them preseason, but they usually have a, a steady offense at least. Um, and then the Eagles, you know, they came out slow, but like I said, that was Carson's preseason, and I think he's comfortable. He threw. Yeah. From, he threw from the pocket. He didn't do a whole lot of running around. He was confident in his throws. Um, Obviously, had no interceptions. Um, I like to see the Eagles' defense step it up this week and really, really show the Falcons what they can do, especially Falcons at home. Yeah, and, and what again with the Eagles? Same topic as last year is what cornerback is going to step up and make a big play? Can we stop arm tackling? Can we stop reaching for guys and try and t- drag them to the ground? Just hit somebody. Malcolm Jenkins is the leader of that locker room outside of Carson Wentz, and he always talks about it. But I haven't seen him make a hit on somebody since the Super Bowl season. But we got to get better at the double move, and we got to get better at making a tackle on the sideline. If we had made the tackle, they had three guys touch Vernon Davis when he was on the sideline, and that was even – that was right there when Vernon Davis hurtled the the corner, it, you still had two people touch him after that, and you couldn't bring him down. Now, Vernon Davis is a mountain of a man, but do your job. Tackle the guy. Hit somebody. Don't be afraid. Hit him. That's what you get paid to do. You're not injured. You've been competing for a roster spot. Get out there and do it. 
and I just haven't seen it. And uh, that's that area of the Eagles defense is always something that, that I circle to watch for over the last couple of years is those corners because it doesn't look pretty. And that's I think that deep threat is something that we're going to see from Matt Ryan going to Julio Jones. And Julio Jones is going to burn us, man. He's going to. If we don't figure out a way to not get burnt by the double move and don't play off, you just can't. You just can't play off. You got to be there, making the play. That's that's my opinion about that. But uh, Geis is uh, the running back that got injured for the Redskins, moving back just a few. But I'm not pulling up anything on the uh, defensive guy. It's just because it's it's not right here on on the NFL app. But he did get hurt, and that was a turning moment for the Redskins. So uh, let me go back. So we got the Eagles, the Atlanta game, the Cowboys-Redskins game. Let's see. Here's an opportunity for the Steelers to kind of turn things around. Seahawks are coming to Pittsburgh. Steelers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. You give three points for home field advantage, so kind of write that down as just a half-point favorite. If they don't get offense clicking in Pittsburgh, Seahawks will, will take that game. Well, Seahawks snuck away with one against the Bengals last they did. week. They did. Did they sneak away with it, or did the Bengals give it up? Which, how do you want to look at it? I mean, Bengals, you know, it's, it was 17-14 going into the half. No, no score in the third quarter. You know, the, the Bengals, they kicked a field goal in the fourth quarter, you know, when they should have. They needed a touchdown. Touchdown would have put it away. You know, they would settle for three. Seattle came back, scored a touchdown. That was the end of the game. So they're one of those teams. I mean, Andy Dalton was 35 for 51. You threw the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 418 yards. But for that amount of yardage, to only have two touchdowns. I don't know. You need one or two more in there. Playing against Seattle, it's like one of those don't, don't sleep. Just keep scoring. Keep playing tough as if the game is going all the way to the last minute, which it does, and it did. And uh, just put as many points as you can because you never know. I mean, look at the Redskins. They scored 17, and people thought that was it. And then they lost 32-27. to 27. So no one saw that one coming. Well, people that weren't confident in their team didn't see it coming. But, uh, yeah, that ought to be a good one as far as the Seahawks Steelers. And I got two more. Uh, the four, two of the four o'clock games on Sunday, Chiefs Raiders. That I think uh, Chiefs are going to walk away with that handily. Uh, they're they're a seven point road favorite. So you talk about home dogs. Denver was a road favorite. Raiders ended up winning the game pretty handily, covering the spread. But it's going to be tough to match the Chiefs' offense, even without Tyreek Hill. I know Patrick Mahomes is on the injury report. He's going to play. That's my prediction there. He's going to light it up. I just don't, I just don't see the Chiefs slowing down uh, on the road against the Raiders. And then the other one, and I'll get your feedback on both of these games uh, once I wrap it up on my side of it. Saints at Rams. This is the NFC Championship rematch. I think the Saints want revenge. Uh, if you noticed in that game, I don't know, you not sure if you were watching it or not. 
the Saints game on Sunday night, how a lot of Saints fans showed up to the game dressed as referees. I thought that that was rather comical. Uh, but this is the game that it mattered. This is the one where they missed the pass interference call that propelled the Rams into uh, the Super Bowl. And so the Rams are only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This one's going to be good, man. And I, I want to stay as far away from placing a bet on this game because I think that it's going to come down to the wire again like it did with the Saints and the Texans on Sunday night. And so that, that those are two key four o'clock matchups and that's going to be entertaining football uh, for, in my opinion on Sunday. Yeah. That Saints Rams game. Um, like you said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play with it. It's, it's got potential to be a high scoring game. It's got very much potential to be a 10 to three, you know, um, like you said, Saints are out for revenge. Rams are at home. Current over under is fifty two points. Yeah, I, that's a lot. Well, I mean, you got two high performing offenses, and you also have the Rams defense that's good with Aaron Donald. And then you saw that at times on Sunday night, the Saints could come down and it could could shut down Houston. Did they couldn't do it when it mattered? But uh, they also have the high powered offense to back it up. Um, the, the other game that I think is gonna is gonna be a high scoring game is the Eagles Falcons game. That's currently sitting at fifty two and a half. I think they reach that with ease. Uh, I think they're gonna be slinging the ball all around. Eagles are a one and a half point favorite on the road in that game as well. So we got a good slate. It's good week two. It's funny how week two brings I don't want to sound cliche, but week two automatically brings a couple of key must wins. Uh, for some teams, and we'll see how that shakes out. So you want to move over to some college football? Yeah. All right. So let's see. On Saturday, I'm moving over. Ohio State, Indiana. Ohio State's 17.5-point favorite on the road. That's going to be a 12 o'clock game. I think Ohio State rolls here. Uh, Indiana will play them a little tough. I don't – 17.5 points is – it's okay. They've had much larger spreads the last two weeks, but I think this one is probably a little bit more accurate. They're going to play this one close. Ohio State's just powerful. Maryland is going to roll over Temple, in my opinion, at, at 12 o'clock. They're a seven-point favorite playing in Philadelphia. I just see them rolling. Um, who else we got that's going to be – a big matchup. Go ahead. You cut in whenever you're ready. I'm still pulling it up. Keep talking. I got you. Um, Memphis at South Alabama. I like Memphis, man. I would take them. It's a 19-point road road favorite. Uh, the money line is minus 1250 on Memphis, plus 777 on South Alabama. I think that's an easy, easy money grab at 19 points. They were pretty potent. Uh, that in that week one matchup that they had uh, coming through, coming through Ohio Marshall. Oh. We think uh, Air Force, Colorado, Colorado pulled out an overtime win against ranked Nebraska last week. And this is also, this is a somewhat local game. It's in Boulder, but Air Force is in but it's Air Force and Air Colorado Force to Springs. me, Air Force to me is the weakest of the military 
academies. Army and Navy have historically been, you know, your ground and pound football teams. Air Force likes to let the ball fly a little bit more, no pun intended. But Colorado is probably going to take that game. Yeah. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen the line. If you're looking at it, let me know what it is. Yeah, they definitely they played tough uh, last week. Here's another good one. Western Kentucky, Louisville, a little bit of Conference USA. Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers last year, uh, they did really well. But Louisville, it looks like Louisville is getting back on the same page as what they used to be. So I, I think that Louisville wins that. It's probably uh, a high-scoring game. For sure. For sure. Definitely, I would, I would go there. Florida State at UVA. UVA is a seven-point favorite. Florida State, the whole state of Florida outside of UCF is having a terrible football year uh, so Virginia might be able to pull that off they play Old Dominion next week in Charlottesville you saw Old Dominion almost go toe-to-toe with Virginia Tech again they were able to cover the spread uh, I was impressed I thought there we were going to be able to hang on but we just couldn't some of the play calling was indicative of us playing behind and playing in desperation football. So I'm interested to see what the line's going to be next week with Old Dominion UVA. Obviously it's going to Old, Old Dominion's off this week, but obviously it's going to the line is going to depend a lot on what they do against Florida State. If they come out and they look flat, then we're going to have a pretty close line I think against Old Dominion. Yeah. I haven't seen an injury report coming out of the ODU Tech game. So I I can't honestly give you an opinion there but I think we've got a, an excellent quarterback and running back combination and that's that's what you need to play that division one uh, FCS football you got to have that is the running back and quarterback combo and we it does look pretty good it, it's it's more promising to me going into this year as an ODU Monarch alumni and and an avid fan it's more promising than what i thought we were going to have coming into the season i saw here another game that looks to be good clemson syracuse clemson is a 28 point road favorite playing in syracuse minus 3200 on the money line so obviously they're saying clemson's got to win but i it's uh, it'll be interesting to see if they're gonna be able to cover the spread. Twenty eight points and Syracuse can be sneaky at some at times, uh, but Clemson's been dominant lately. We think too, uh, just just last week, Syracuse was ranked. Yeah, so large large numbers there in the in the betting world for a team that was just ranked and now they've fallen off. So we'll see if they're, if they can hang on Duke at middle Tennessee. There's your uh, <laughs> Duke's Duke is one of those wishy washy teams, but they're a six and a half point favorite. I would take Duke over middle Tennessee. That, that's probably something that I would jot down as an easy money grab as well. And the money line is close too, which tells you, Tells you something else, you know. If you want to look at it the other side, Duke is minus two forty-five. Middle Tennessee is plus two hundred three. So uh, it'll be an interesting game. Yeah, kind of one of those B-list football games, you know. 
not gonna not gonna not gonna be flashy or draw a bunch of attention, but I just think historically Middle Tennessee doesn't have a bad football team. I mean, same with Duke, but yeah, Duke in the last couple of years has really put a lot of attention into building its football club. Yeah. All right. So coming out of college football, we got anything else we want to discuss? I know we were. Uh, I know you got some time constraints, but anything else you want to touch on? I don't think so. No, we're good. All right. Hey, so next week to give everybody an update, we are going to be doing a podcast live together, which is awesome. It's the first time Matt's been home in, what is that, almost 10 months, 11 months? Yeah, pushing a year, yeah. Pushing a year. So I'm excited to be hosting that here. We're going to be here. We're going to be hanging out. So uh, next week's podcast might be a little bit more lengthy because I'm off. Uh, I've got the kid at the babysitter. Matt's going to be here. So we're going to probably do a full roundup next week and really dive into some stuff because we're able to sit down and talk about it, light, you know, really line some things up together that we want to dive into and hopefully bring, bring you some more good content. Um, of course, what do we got to do? We got to get into the weekend weather, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Here on the East Coast this week, uh, we've got some interesting weather. Uh, you know, I don't want to say it's fall-like just yet, but you got a 74-degree high tomorrow. That's beautiful. Then Saturday, 30% chance of rain, 81. Sunday, 82, partly sunny. So good football weather, 30% chance of rain on Saturday. You know, it, that can be neither here nor there. You can get your uh, tailgates done all that stuff. And again, ODU's off this week, so nothing going on over in Norfolk, but it'll be a good chance for everybody to get outside and enjoy the weather. And then in Westminster, Colorado, I've got a Friday high of 79, low of 55. So another, uh, what is that? 35 point swing. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, 86, low of 57. Sunday, 88, high of 58. All of those mostly clear with sunny skies. So enjoy your weekend weather, Matt. You got a, oh, yeah. got a, you got a doozy coming up. We, we're set up. It's, it's actually, you know, we have four seasons here. So I'm going to enjoy that uh, fall weather. Season. We have multiple seasons. Right now, I believe what we have is the, the, the third summer. It was a little warm yesterday. It's still a little warm today, but you'll see it start dipping down into the 70s. So maybe a false fall or a third summer going on right now. I'm not. I'm not sure. Keep you guessing, though. Yeah. Well, you just never know what to put on. That's right. So, all right. Well, that's going to do us. Uh, do it for us on the fifth episode of the 9010 podcast. Tip your waitresses, everyone. Enjoy your football weekend. See ya.